Welcome back everybody to another night of Walk It Out. My name is Gretchen Cannon. I'm the community pastor at Grace Church in Choctaw and I want to welcome you tonight. I want to just pray for us before we uh, dive into uh, what's on the Father's heart for tonight. So Father, we thank you for who you are and we thank you that you created us to be conformed to your image and not somebody else's or our own thoughts and opinions. And uh, Father, we just ask during this time together, whatever it is that you want us to hear, um, we just, we pledge to have eyes to see and ears to hear, for it to become something that is a revelation that can be only by your spirit, not by anything that I say or uh, any of our thoughts we have, but your spirit is the one that gives us divine revelation. So we yield to you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, the Lord has had me in John 17 uh, this past week quite a bit. And I think it's interesting because what he started putting on my heart today to share with you, uh, we just finished up three weeks talking about the process of transformation and kind of laying a groundwork for that. So if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Last week was so fun uh, with my friend Mike Q. Daniel and um, just talking about the process of transformation and new covenant. But like one of the things um, that I feel like because we were able to build there, we will build on that and we will refer back to that um, as we go forward. But he really started speaking to me again about um, the thing that I, I really got into on week two about Jesus's love language is our obedience. And so scripture has just been coming alive to me and so, uh, honestly, I pray that I communicate this decently, uh, where you will be able to understand the things that he's stirring and burning in my heart. But on John 17, like, if you look at it, like, yes, Jesus prays for his disciples. Yes, Jesus prays for us. Yes, Jesus prays for the world that doesn't yet know him. But really, this whole chapter and, and I have it like underlined and, and written all within my Bible. Like this chapter is all about disciple making. It really is. And it's the obedience. Like not only did Jesus lay his life down for us on the cross to give us eternal life um, and, and instead of damnation, but like it's all about him laying his life down to make disciples of him, somebody that knows how to sit with him and abide with him, where his character is formed within them. And then they go and do the things that we see him do, things that the Father speaks to our heart that we have ears to hear. And so um, John 17 is just a beautiful chapter, period, but it's one of my absolute favorites. I'm going to read just a couple of verses for you in this. Um, because I love how it lays it out. So at the beginning, um, Jesus is as, uh, looking up to heaven and he says, um, and I'm going to read out the passion for this one. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your son so that I will magnify your glory. You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all of those that you have given to me. Verse 3 says, 
eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God, and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son whom you've sent. I have glorified you on earth by faithfully doing everything you've told me to do. So right here in verses 3 and 4, like Jesus lays out the perfect picture of eternal life means to know and experience our Father. Like it's all about oneness. It's all about abiding. It's all about who we are, like in Christ. And then verse 4, he talks about, I have faithfully gone and done everything you've told me to do. Right here, Jesus is talking about, Father, you have spoke things to me, and I have bent my will towards your will, and I have walked out my obedience. I mean, I just, I think sometimes um, we get caught up in, in the things like, well, is it something that we have to do? Is it really, is it really about doing? You know, uh, like, it, I don't know, obedience and doing just seems to be a dirty word in some Christian circles, especially grace-filled circles. But you see Jesus, he modeled it and he talked about it. But he didn't do it to earn anything. He did it because of who he was. Going back to Matthew 3, when he was baptized and the heavens opened up and the dove ascended, (laughs) and the father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And in Luke, it talks about then he began his ministry. Like, we don't do anything. We aren't obedient to manipulate. We aren't obedient to strive to get somewhere. We are obedient because we love the Father. We hear his words. You know, Matthew 7 and Luke 6 talks about if you hear my words and you obey them, you're like a wise person who built his house on a rock. If you hear them and you don't, like you're foolish. And, and we know like Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. I'm going to read a couple verses for you um, on that. Um, so, well, I'll just, I'll just read the one in Luke 2. Luke 2.52, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And so I have written here, I'm going to find it. Um, that word grow or grew, like he grew in wisdom and stature. That word grew means for Jesus to continue to advance and progress in. So right here in Luke 2, it talks about Jesus began to, or uh, continued to progress and advance in wisdom. And that word wisdom here means the knowledge and practice of what's needed for a godly and upright living. Like, that's obedience. Jesus grew, he progressed and advanced in knowledge and practice needed for godly and upright living. I mean, this is the, like the son of God sent from heaven. And he grew in those things as a young man. And then stature just means to come into full maturity, not just physically, but also like who he was as a person who he was as the son of God here on earth. And so, you know, sometimes um, I think uh, like we see that God um, spoke things to Jesus and Jesus did them. 
Like it talks about, I he talks about, I only do what I see the Father doing. And those types of things where Jesus talks about it over and over. John 8, 29 says, the one who sent me is with me and he has not left me alone for I always do what pleases him. Now we don't do things to please God. We do things out of our obedience and out of who we are in Christ. And like it pleases the Father. Like he smiles upon us. It doesn't mean that when we disobey, like he's heavy handed or he's mad at us or anything else. But instead, he lovingly brings us to us and he says, hey, look at me. Eyes on me again. I don't know if you're if your kids like I've got four boys and 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 my boys are rambunctious and they make good decisions sometimes and I smile upon them and they make bad decisions sometimes and my flesh can cry out. But when I submit myself to the Father in those moments, I'm able to pull in their face and I'm able to say, hey, look at me. Listen, this is not who you are. You are not somebody in Christ that's designed to lie, that's designed to be deceptive, that's designed to fight with your brothers. Like this is who you are in Christ. And that's the same thing that the Father does to us. When we walk out disobedience to him, he pulls us in lovingly and reminds us who we are. Like obedience is God's love language as well. And Jesus was the perfect example of how to love God and obey him completely. Like Jesus made it very clear that his focus was on obeying the Father only. And this attitude of obedience was uh, forged even as a young man, just like how I read in Luke 2, how he grew in wisdom, that that actual um, knowledge and practice needed for upright and godly living. Now, it doesn't mean that he sinned before, but he grew in it. Think about it. Like when he was this young boy, when this uh, talks about it, he was 13. Like, yes, I'm sure he was faced with suffering and trials and things like that. And although we know he did not sin, like, I'm sure it was hard being the oldest in the family of these brothers and, and like not going uh, along with the crowd, not going and doing the things that his brother did at times, but instead he stayed fixed like eyes on the Lord. He stayed in tune with the Lord. And I'm sure that that there was some, there was some suffering that, that happened in that. Like he came not just as fully God, but as fully man. And so we know in our suffering and wanting to do what others do or wanting to do what we want to do, like it can be hard. And so I want to read for you in Hebrews here um, in verse uh, five, uh, before I continue, I'm going to start in verse seven. It says, in who the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication, with cries and tears to the Father, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Right here in Hebrews 5.8, it says that Jesus learned obedience 
by the things which he had suffered. And in verse 9 goes on to say, And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Like these aren't dirty words. It's really how we're designed to live. Like when the Lord speaks to you and calls you in to set with him, calls you into a place of receiving, that is obedience. That is a good thing. And so if the Lord puts it on your heart to forgive somebody or to go and ask for forgiveness, like that is a good thing. And the Lord is just asking you to partner with the one that is already inside of you, in your mind, your will, your emotions, like in your soul realm. And so right here, though he was a son, though he was a son of God, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Like this gives us a glimpse into Jesus's life. You know, going back to when he was a young boy, and I'm sure his brothers and his friends, like they were going and doing things that we struggle with today. And Jesus, I'm sure, was tempted to go along with the crowd. But he learned obedience by the things he suffered. Like he grew in wisdom and stature in those small things. Why? So every step of the way, He learned in the small things how to choose the will of his father over how to choose the will of himself or of men. Like he came to show us what it looks like to fully submit his will to the father so we could have a pattern. Like we would know what it looks like. And so um, in the suffering, like as a young boy, you know, sometimes we, we downplay that. Well, it's not that big a deal. But look, because he learned to walk that out and he grew, look at the things that he was able to suffer in his ministry. Like persecution, people walking away from him, his disciples doing things that were like unbelievable in the sense of like, you're with Jesus the son of the living God, and you're going to choose to do these things in disobedience? I mean, look at the times, uh, you know, we pick on Peter, but look at the times that Peter chose to disobey. But look at the times where he chose to obey. And so it wasn't just Jesus obeying the Father, but like it's us obeying Jesus. Like what does it really look like for us to hear him and dig deep into the foundation through our obedience to where we're planted on the rock. I want to just say this again. It's nothing that we are doing to strive for. We are not uh, getting to some level or to some place of a performance, but yet we are walking out the things that are already in our spirit, man, when we do things in obedience. When we do the works of Jesus in his nature and character as we're abiding in him, like we then prove that we are his disciples. Matthew 7, uh, around verse 20, it talks, it says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, 
Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons and in your name perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Our obedience and the works that we do of Jesus right here in Matthew 7 shows us very clearly that it cannot happen apart from knowing who he is knowing his character, knowing his nature, and not just about him, but experientially knowing the gnosko, the Greek word knowing, as well as the Greek word ido, which is like the one foot journey from your head to your heart and from your heart to your head. Like where it's like, oh my gosh, I see that. Oh, that makes sense to me now. Like that's the type of knowing that we are designed to live in. And that is the type of knowing that our obedience has to flow out of. Otherwise, it is disobedience because it's of our own will, of our own striving, of our own performing, of our own advancing. And we put pressures on ourselves. I do the same thing. Pressures to do the things that I'm supposed to do. But listen, that is not the Lord. That is our flesh. That is because we were schooled in the wrong school. We were schooled in the, in the school of the earth and of this world. And we need to put back on our new covenant lens. And we need to remind ourselves like we were really designed to be schooled in the school of the kingdom. And so what does, the, what does doing the will of the Father look like? I want to get into that more next week. But I want to give you just a few scriptures to just take home with you. Like Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Like, it's not to prove that we love him. It is not at all to prove that we love him. But it is out of the love that we have for him that we keep those commandments. He says, I am the vine and you are the branch. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Like our obedience and our doing, apart from who he is, is filthy rags. And so, just as I close, like, I want to remind you, if you have questions, you can post them on Facebook if you're watching on Facebook. But if not, you can email me at Gretchen at gracechurch.community. And I would love to just be able to dialogue with about these things with you. But as we just sit here in this moment, like seeing that Jesus grew in knowledge and practical living that leads to a godly and upright life, as we sit in the the Hebrews 5 that says, Jesus yet learned obedience through the same things he suffered. Like what I want to ask you is like, what is Jesus speaking to your heart right now? Maybe about some belief systems that aren't lined up with who you are in Christ. Maybe it's about an obedience that you're to walk out, not apart from him, but with him. But my question to you is, what are you going to do about it? And then go walk it out. You guys have a great week.